Welcome to the Contraception Pod. I'm Maya and I'm the Catholic. I'm Cassidy and I'm the Protestant. At a gala at Trump Hotel, never meeting each other prior, Cassidy quietly came up to me in the bathroom and said, What are your thoughts on contraception? This question turned into a never-ending discussion that we decided to take on a podcast. So join us as we discuss contraception and how it affects our world. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Contraception Pod. Um, this is part two of the first part which of this episode, which is on the Classy Chicks Pod, because that's how who we have on today. We have Hope and Savannah with the Classy Chicks Pod, two awesome pro-life gals. I'm sure you guys probably follow them on Instagram already, but if you haven't, I'll probably put, if I remember, I'll probably put their Instagrams in the show notes. But we're just having a conversation about contraception and how it affects our world as young girls who none of us are married yet um and i think most of us i think all four of us plan to get married uh, at some point in our lives and um but you know a lot of people ask well, why does that apply to you now why does talking about contraception apply to you now like you're you're catholic so you're or well, i guess casting that catholic but you're all really christian and so you're not having sex right now and you're all um you're all you know waiting for marriage and so why would contraception even matter to you right now um so let's just go ahead and hop into that topic and i just want to ask hope and savannah first um i just kind of ask you guys um have you ever like i guess like how has contraception affected your world does it really apply to your lives at all and how have conversations with people that maybe you've had, maybe you haven't, about contraception gone? Um, Hope or Savannah, y'all can start us off. So I, I can, I can start off with this, and I mean, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, it, it hasn't as much as you, as you might think being involved in the pro life movement, and I think that that is an issue because as you have heard. As you likely have heard listening to the first part of this podcast, contraception very often is an abortion abortifacient. And I don't know if we're afraid to talk about it. I don't know what it is, but it's not talked about enough. And so I think that raising awareness and talking about it in this sense um, is very important. And then the second thing I will say in regards to that is, yeah, of course, there have been many conversations where... um, Friends, you know, starting in high school, everybody, everybody was on contraception. Everyone was on birth control. Everybody had that little thing in their arm, right? That like, I don't even know what it's called. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you know what I mean? Everybody was like, when we were like 13, 14, getting it put in. And Mm -hmm. when I was 13, 14, right, I didn't even know what sex was really. So I was like, what the heck is going on here? Um, And, you know, I would have, I had conversations with my mom and I had conversations with my friends um at church and I had I I started looking into it a little bit and um from a solely secular perspective all I found was just negative effects negative effects on your health negative effects on your hormones all these side effects and I was like who is telling these this was when I was you know young in high school I was like who is telling these young girls who hopefully likely aren't sexually active that this is just like a necessity that you need to have done when you enter high school so that was probably my first experience with it um yeah if you want to go ahead help oh gosh um I genuinely like don't really know because I've never I've been in such a bubble my whole life which sounds absolutely terrible but I am cultured um (laughs) in some way and um yeah so I was homeschooled growing up I was Catholic growing up I still am homeschooled and Catholic 
I'm pro-life. So like, A, the idea of sex outside of marriage has never crossed my mind um, in like a sense of like, oh, I'm going to be doing like that. That never crossed my mind. It was always saving yourself for marriage, which I 100% agree with. And, you know, I'm choosing it for myself. It's not because my parents told me to. Um, And so it's never really crossed my mind that like, oh, yeah, I would have to get on birth control to prevent a pregnancy. Um, And so it's never really affected my life. But I will say the difficult part, because I am an activist, um, the difficult part is They'll say, okay, well, if you want less abortions, then you need to be super supportive of birth control. Mm -hmm. And that's when I kind of shut up because I can't be supportive of birth control because of my faith, but Mm -hmm. I, you know, saw their argument and and not to say that they were right, but I'm saying from a a person who's done no research on it, you know, just because I knew it was a no-no, you know, I was like, yeah, that sounds kind of logical. Goal, I guess if you want to prevent pregnancy, prevent pregnancy. As yeah. I've gotten older, I've kind of learned a little bit more. And so I'm able to say no. Um, but that is the biggest and pretty much only way birth control has ever entered into the conversation in my life. Hmm. And that's, you know, such an important point there, Hope, because if you are being told by someone like, hey, you care about ending abortion, you know, take your hands off contraception. This is it. Right. We are ending it. We're passing out birth control and we're going to end abortion. Is that great? But the trick is um, the Guttmacher Institute, which is Planned Parenthood's old research arm, um, shared a report several years ago, I believe the year 2014, that 51% of all abortion patients in that year were on a form of contraception in the month they got pregnant. So if the contraception had always been effective, half of the abortions would have never occurred that year. So that tells us that a lot of women who are using contraception and do not want to become pregnant still are and they're experiencing unexpected pregnancies that you know often are crisis pregnancies where they don't feel financially equipped to have a pregnancy they have a boyfriend who's kind of in and out and he's breaking up with them all of a sudden and not going to support the child um so women are in a lot of challenging positions when they get pregnant and that's true however um the Guttmacher institute points out that birth control has not ended abortion. Birth control has been around longer than abortion has been legal because um, historically what happened was Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, was doing activism in favor of birth control. And then just a couple about 20 years later is when um, Roe versus Wade came down and became the law of the land. So if birth control was going to end abortion, it would have done so by now. Birth control has had, you know, it's been 49 and a half years was how long Roe was in effect. So it's probably been close to 60 or 70 years that our culture has had a lot of birth control, condoms, birth control pills, et cetera. And if birth control really was going to end abortion, why hasn't it done so by now? (laughs) We had a a guest on our podcast, Dr. Michael New, who is kind of well-known out in DC pro-life circles. He is a pro-life social scientist who sits and finds it so cool to study statistics. (laughs) God bless his heart, because I do not love math myself. But Dr. New has studied out the statistics around contraception and abortion. And he found that there is no positive relationship between giving more birth control and there being less abortion. So even in studies where they go out and they try on these family planning programs for a high school, they give them a bunch of birth control and they say, all right, there we go. Good. They're not going to have an unplanned pregnancy. They found that the more birth control they gave out, the more sexually active these teens became. And then the more unplanned pregnancies they had. So giving out birth control has not ended abortion for 70 years. And also in the studies, when they hand out birth control to young people, it doesn't do it. It doesn't push it over the edge. It's not the answer. 
I was just gonna add. I was gonna say, haven't we seen a decrease in in and um unexpected pregnancies even since like Roe was overturned? Because now people don't have like that cushion of as much cushion of abortion, and so people are being more careful about who they're sleeping with and things like that. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong on that, or have we been seeing that? I think we've seen that in a in a small in a small amount for sure. And and what I would and like we talked about this, Cassie and I talked about this in our dating episode that we did, the Roe v. Wade decree um change the dating scene. Um, And what I want to add to that is we're moving into a lot more chemical abortions, which is what the pro-life movement has to focus on a lot. And so I was on a meeting with somebody the other day and he said, well, what do you think about abortion imagery and like showing people abortion? And I was like, yeah, that's great. That can change minds. But it's starting to go back to this debate of when does life begin? Because they'll see that and they'll be like, oh, well, yeah, but that's only like, that's DNC abortion, right? Like that happens like after like 20 weeks or whatever and whatever they'll they'll say, right? And so they'll say, but a chemical abortion is fine. Like, you know, you know, and and that is why this matters so much. Just, this is why I believe the contraception, ending the contraceptive mindset matters so much because it brings value back to life, right? And I, and I talked to, about this, either in the, I think in the last episode, it might've been earlier this episode, but, but the reason we have abortion, right? The reason we have abortion is comes from this idea that we can use another person's body for our own pleasure. And and then I was thinking about this when Savannah said this, the reason we have to use another person's body is because we aren't whole ourselves. So these girls, and when they're 13 or 14 are being told your body is broken, your body is not worthy of us actually supporting it in the way your heavenly father made your body, like this, your beautiful body. What are we telling these women? We're telling these women that your body is broken. You're, you know, you're, you're, you should, you know, just the way like you were not created by someone who cared about you, right? Your creation was not intentional. We're not going to teach you about the beauty of your body, right? And so these women are coming from a broken place, which is why they enter into sexual relationships at a very young age, because they don't believe in their own worthiness. If they believe in their own worthiness, we would see, we would see them pulled men to a higher standard right and so then you have sex outside of marriage you have sex in high school and then you have and they try to overcome that with what is that birth control whatever form of contraception they're using and then the final solution to a contraceptive mentality is abortion and if it's like and that is why in order i believe to get rid of chemical abortion because chemical abortion is more of a hidden abortion if we want to get rid of that human rights violation then it has to come with changing how people see life and it changes with how you see yourself first and so I just kind of want to like ask Savannah and Hope um and since we started with Savannah last time let's see let's start with Hope this time um but when what was your first encounter like with any like I guess yeah, like, I, and I know, Hope, you said you lived in a bubble, and I was just going to comment, like, I, I always say the same, too. Like, I live on my rock, under my rock, and I've left my rock, and I don't like what's out of outside of it, so I just stay under my rock, you know? But what was your, like, first encounter with, like, a sexual conversation with someone who, or, like, a friend who was wondering, not, like, a sexual conversation, but, like, a friend talking about that, or, like, when did that actually become something that you thought about? And then, uh, as a part of that question, what have your thoughts been even now growing up on like NFP or cycle tracking? Have you always thought like a lot of people see, oh, like, like that's cringy, but, or, or like, that's not something I need to do till marriage or anything like that. So just kind of like, give us like more thoughts on that. So there's a lot that women don't know about their bodies. Um, I, 
I'm I'm not going to even say relations, but there are specifically two women in mind who have said things about their bodies that they just like blatantly, like, for example, a person I know had a pregnancy scare last month, which was February. And the last time she had sex was November. Like, how does that even work? You know what I mean? Um, And so that that scares me that so many women don't know about their body or like I was like oh my sister-in-law's pregnant again and it's, you know another person was like oh well that's what happens when you're not on birth control I'm like no because that no like you you can you you know that you and if like I and you know what I mean like just because you're not on birth control does not mean that you're gonna get pregnant every single time you have sex it's not possible there is one day a month where the woman actually ovulates where you could actually get pregnant and so a, a lot goes to show that a lot of women don't know about their bodies, but I will say my first encounter with a form of contraception was in theater when I was like 13 or something like that. And there was a guy, he's kind of like the jock of the theater group. I don't even know if that makes sense, but you get what I mean. Um, you know, leads, all that fun stuff or whatever. And he was kind of like inappropriate. I don't know. Like, eh, you know what I mean? Just kind of, ugh. um, and I don't mean to like bad breath or anything. You know what I mean? But like, you know, just not very gentleman like um anyways he was telling the group of kids emphasis on kids um how he went to walmart and bought condoms and the lady at the checkout like looked at him funny or something like that and everyone was giving him big high fives and patting him on the back and telling him good job and i was like what the hell are condoms like (laughs) what are those um and so um talked to my mom about it figured it out and found out just how nasty this guy was. I was like, really? Like, no, thank you. That's disrespectful. But yeah. that was my first encounter. And then it's just gone on from there. Yeah. And I think that what you said, sadly, is just a really common occurrence. That That is just happens so much. And it's like, what standard are we holding men to? Um, and just to tell a little story like that, when I was 15, 14 or 15, I was um, at lunch with, it was, like it was like a cafeteria lunch like we were all like at an event together and so it ended up just being me and my girlfriend and then me and these two guys and one of the guys really liked my girlfriend and then they were trying to set me up with this other guy and I was like no thank you like we were both kind of like no thank you like we don't want this but we just ended up at the same table together and other people had left and then one of the guys like pulls a condom out of his wallet and it's like here like you use this one with her and I'll use this one with her and I was like excuse you no and like just left the table and and like and the thing is if we don't if we don't say something ladies like this is just too common like and like we're I think you know we're all sitting here you know like like kind of thinking like oh like that's crazy that that happened but the thing is so many of my girlfriends just sit there and just laugh at it and that's just not okay you know like and I and because yeah it puts us in a really uncomfortable situation and that is their fault but women we also have a duty we have you know like obviously hope you had no idea at that time right you know but like but like now especially as we're getting older and like men are for some reason like we wonder why men are like more and more immature and it's because we you know like I'm and it's not our fault but women we need to be like that's wrong like you don't say that in front of me and yeah it's a bad situation but sadly it's probably a situation that happens many times a day and in high school and college sadly in middle school and middle school um mm-hmm. and like hope you were 13 so that's middle school right um and and it, that's just it's just disgusting and it's just like 
um it's just like whoa like that like I think there's this is just such a clear example of what contraception does to to people um and, and yeah and Savannah your turn <laughs> Oh, you're muted. No, you're good. I just wanted to echo what you just said, Maya. Um, women set the standard and we see this in so many aspects of our life, but especially this, you know, if you're, if you're hearing a conversation about this and everybody's joking about it, it's not like, you know, you're not, you, you don't want to step in and be like, oh, well, actually here's the facts. But I mean, we're obligated to do that. There's sins by Commission and their sins by omission. And sins by omission are when you don't, when you fail to stand up for something. And so um, I'm not talking about your situation help here, by the way, at all. <laughs> I feel like this is all going back to this, but that's not what I'm talking about. Help was 13. I'm talking about- No, it's just a good example. Like a, yeah, a you know, I'm talking point about, learn. Right. I'm talking about um, when we, us as young women are out in the world and we see something and we- we need to say something. Um, and then going back to going back to what Maya said, I don't remember my first encounter because unlike Maya and Hope, I didn't really live in a bubble. I went to public school and I saw all of this and Hope just gaped at me and she I knows that. Everybody forgets. Everyone who knows me thinks that I was public school. school. Anyway. Wow, good for you. I didn't live in a bubble. But I very much from the beginning knew my morals and everybody around me knew them. So I don't know that I ever had a situation where people even joked about it around me because like even maybe even more so than I am now, I was just like the girl who didn't stand for any of that crap. And so the funny thing is, though, I I didn't stand for it, but I also didn't know a whole ton about it. So mm-hmm. I I knew that it was wrong. But um, the older I get, and the more, and you know, segueing into this this conversation about fertility awareness, the more I research this, and the more um, I'm you know trying to be very accurate with it, the more I realize I have a few very good girlfriends who are just so in touch with their body, right, in a good way. They. Mm-hmm know what's going on they know what they need to do and i i want to learn that and i want to be that way and so maybe we can just um maya like explain to us a little bit what do you guys do what do you guys think is the most effective and what do you think is good for women who like we said are not married yeah and i i want to add to to why this is important before we kind of tell you all why um mm-hmm. what you can do or what we do um you know i put po- i i went to that silent retreat like i said in part one um, at the beginning of this week. And I just felt like, you know, like there's a point in your faith life where you're like, Jesus, like, I really want to trust in you. But, like, I feel like I can't. And I felt like Jesus's message to me was like that weekend was like the faith you need right now is to believe that you are worthy of my love of like the, the fact that I will take care of you. And I posted a reel about that today because that is just so real in my faith life right now. And, 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 and that, and, the, and it's why I think what we're about to share is really applicable because when women realize that they are worthy of their own attention and not just their own attention, but God's attention and realizing through how beautiful their body is that you are God's daughter. God created you so intricately. He knit you so beautifully because you are intentionally and fully your his, right? And and like our only job is to not let one drop of his blood be wasted, right? And so and, he, and the way he wants you to do that, I believe right now is 
is through understanding. Like, it's like, we can't even talk about sacrifice. We can't talk about any of that until we first understand the beauty of who God created us to be and entering into faith life whole, right? And and I, I wanted to read this quote, which I think is so applicable to everything we are saying. And I don't know what this is from, but I remember reading it in a, in a book, but the moment a woman fails to blush when a sexual joke is made around her is the moment that we know that society is falling. And, and that is just so true because- Wait, say that again. The, the moment, moment a woman fails to blush when a sexual joke is made around her is the moment you know that society is falling. And women, you know, oftentimes our job is to maybe berate the men for what they're doing, but kind of be like, ouch, and like blush and let them know that that is not something that should- Oh, you mean blush in a bad way. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, in a bad oh, way. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Like, like, like be, <laughs> no, I, like be embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. It's, th- there's a quote similar to that, Maya, too, that it's like, the standard of a society can be measured by their women or by the yeah, standard. Fulton Sheen. So women. Fulton Sheen says that. And then the quote I wanted to add to that is the devil is, uh, this is Dr. Alice von Hildebrand, which says the devil is clever. He knows full well that if he can destroy femininity, he can destroy the church marriage and the family. And, and that is so true. That's what happened in the garden of Eden, right? The devil went through Eve to get to Adam because it destroys a man's masculinity because as women, we've told the men that you can't protect us. The, the job that God has given you to do as a man, you can't do anymore, right? And, and But as a woman, we are we know we're losing that femininity when we, can, we don't even blush. And instead we laugh and add to a sexual joke or something like that, right? And so that is why, sorry, all of, I just wanted to say that, and Cassidy, I'll let you go first since I've been talking for a second, but that is why I believe fertility awareness and as Savannah was saying, tracking your cycle and understanding the body that God gave you and respecting it because Jesus wants to be your servant too. And he is knocking at your door to be that servant. And so Cassidy, I'll kind of turn it over to you to just kind of talk about maybe some tips and tricks for women um, uh, on, on, first of all, just what they can do to, to give their body that intentionality that God just so wants for them. And then secondly, how to have conversations or, or um, how to have conversations about um, contraception with their women or how to kind of react. Um, because, um, and sometimes I found that the best reaction is just to look at them and say, ouch, you know, and just kind of walk away because it leaves them to think, what did I do? Like, what did I say? Right. Uh, and it's not like us putting them down, but just saying, ouch, like it hurts me. But anyway, so Cassidy, I'll turn that over to you. Yeah. I appreciate the question, Savannah. You know, like it's true that the whole thing of natural family planning, like I think someone commented already in this podcast, like some people think gross, like, why would you want to do that? That's weird. Or, you know, like, or maybe for Catholic and it's not as weird because it's part of like Catholic culture, like, oh, well, no, 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 I'm not getting married. Like, I don't need to know NFP. Um, I was just chatting with a coworker today about how um, if you don't know your cycle, then you may not know complications that exist in your body and you are showing symptoms that if you got married, you might have a miscarriage and there are ways that you can treat your body to make sure if you're having a hormonal imbalance, even prior to marriage to prevent. So Cassidy, do you track, do you, do you both of you track your cycles? Because I, I track my yeah. cycle for like my period, but I don't track for ovulation or anything because yeah. I don't care, mm-hmm. but should mm-hmm. I be? Yeah, I would recommend oh, it. So yeah, here- I do. I do as well. I just don't think I do it in the most great way. And so that's sure. why I'm wondering how you guys do it. Yeah, no, I'm that's a great too. question. Yeah. I'm 18, so. it, 
-hmm. Well, if you're already tracking for your period, you're already started. You know what I mean? Like you already have an idea of how your cycle is functioning because you are not in the dark about it, right? Like you know when to expect your period to come. So, um, a couple ideas to help you start. There are different types of natural family planning. Um, so one of the most common types is Creighton. So Creighton is tracking your cervical mucus to learn when you're fertile. So you can do this really easily with an app called Avia. Um, some people do written charts. I think that's probably the official way to do Creighton, but um, I use an app called Avia that's free, doesn't cost any money. So I just um, add like, this is also helpful for if you have depression or any like mood problems, you might find that in your cycle, you might have certain days that you have a lower mood or that, um, maybe you have acne, or maybe you have a lot of period cramping. If you're able to chart your cycle and chart when you're feeling bad symptoms or when you've noticed changes in your body, it can help tell you, um, if there's a hormonal imbalance in your body. So Creighton is just tracking cervical mucus. Um, symptothermal or FEM method is tracking cervical mucus and your basal body temperature, which is your temperature the first thing in the morning. This is not a good thing to do if you work night shift or if you do not wake up close to the same time every day because your basal body temperature is gonna be consistent if you wake up about the same time every day. Um, so definitely go Creighton or a different method if you don't wake up the same time of day. Another method that seems to work well for people who are married is Marquette. So you actually use a clear blue monitor and this uh, monitor uses basically a urinalysis. So you, you test your urine to see if you're fertile or not. And literally the monitor tells you if you are. So if you're married, it can confirm for sure. Like today you're fertile, today you're not. <laughs> um, so for single women, definitely recommend Creighton or Symptothermal. Um, it's those are pretty easy to learn because then you're tracking the symptoms of your cycle. Symptoms are telling you a message. So you're learning how long different parts of your cycle are. Because for example, you should have your period approximately five days a month. Um, then you have also, so you have your luteal phase, which is um, the time right around your period when you should start to have a change of you're having some more progesterone in your cycle. Mm -hmm. But if you have low progesterone, then that means you're having more frequent cycles. So if you know your cycle is less than 28 days, it's possible you have low progesterone. So tracking and, can help yeah. reveal those some of those issues. Yeah, and I just want to add to that a little bit. So Creighton is what I would definitely suggest first for all my single girls. Um, that is the most important. And the reason tracking cervical music, mu music, oh my gosh, cervical mucus is so important is because by knowing the length of what Cassidy was saying, like your luteal phase, you will actually, you can actually tell like your doctor, if you take it to a doctor, you can read cycles. They can actually tell like if you, if you're suffering from depression due to your period, but also before you're married, and I think this is important to figure out if your luteal phase is too short and is too short, you will not be able to conceive a child because it's not long enough to basically help. I don't remember. I can't remember the moment. Yeah. Like, so like you could and, conceive a child, but then like your uterine lining will shed. like literally yeah, you'll go yeah. into your period too soon. So conception can happen, but then your uterine lining will have gone into period. And that just means the child can't implant and you could have a miscarriage even before you know, because you don't get a positive pregnancy test until after implantation, because that implantation into the womb which is about six days after the child's been conceived, it, that is what causes a rise in HCG, the hormone that pregnancy tests check for. So, you know, there's yeah. a period about five to six days of pregnancy that happened before it can be found on a pregnancy mm -hmm. test. So, and, and just for any other women who are like, oh, what's cervical mu mucus? Like, I know no one wants to talk about it on the pod. 
but that's the other stuff that comes out of your body basically. And you have to basically feel it basically if it's sticky, if it's tacky, if it's slimy, if it's, um, if it's just moist, like you basically just feel that, um, basically anytime I, I like two to three times, I try to do, I try to do two to three times a day. Oftentimes it just ends up one time. Um, <laughs> just because I forget sometimes, but, um, basically just before you go pee, you just feel it. And, um, I, this is TMI really, but like, and you can also like yeah. use a piece of, yeah, but you can use like a piece of toilet use, paper. And then also you if you use, use toilet app, paper, really but it's always recommended not to do that because it can change the consistency of, of it. Um, so you can't, so anyway, um, but anyway, like, it's so important because basically this, your cycle is your entire health. Like from anything from having carpal tunnel and your wrist to severe depression can be caused by your cycle. And so it's so important to have at least three months of cycle tracking before you can go to a doctor who can read your cycle and they can help you. They can help like if you're so if you're dealing with infertility, they can tell based on your cycle, just like Cassidy was saying, if you have low progesterone, right? But then they can also tell like, oh, like does she have signs of literally even breast cancer? They can tell from that endometriosis and they can figure out based on different parts of your cycle, ovulation, luteal, there's one other phrase that I'm forgetting in your period. Um, they can tell based on that um, what they need to do, what do you need to supplement, what you need to be, maybe you need to be sleeping more um, and literally arthritis. Like, I mean, everything being nauseous, being car sick is not a thing. Being car sick is, should not be a thing. It's due to literally hormone imbalances. So like there's so many things women don't even know about your, and I'm not going to, we can't even talk about the whole list of them on this call. But what I would say is number one, um, try to find a Creighton um, tracking uh, person who teaches Creighton method in your area. Um, I had, my mom gave me training when I was 12. Uh, she hired a trainer for me when I was 12. So I've known for a long time. I did take a refresher course a couple years ago. And then, um, and then also you just go on your diocese website and they'll say like different methods in your area. I always recommend Creighton for the people who, um, who aren't, who are for the single ladies. And if you're not single, but it's really good just for health. And, um, uh, what was I going to add to that? I don't remember, but, um, but yeah, there's just so much. And then, oh, oh, just, um, just DM me if you, uh, <laughs> DM me if you um if you want more information about it my team has progesterone like classes to help you teach to help people learn about their progesterone and all that good all that good stuff but just remember like there's so much about it I would just recommend just DM me because every woman is different but it's so integral to like to just women understanding that their body is so beautiful right and um and then just to add, uh, just to ask Hope and Savannah one last thing, because I feel like we have them on and then we're just, <laughs> we're just talking um, because there's so much to say, but um, would you guys say, and we'll like end off with this question, but would you guys say that even though con we don't oftentimes see contraception directly, would you say that affects every woman's life and how? 100% because um, whether or not you're on it or not, most likely some of your friends are and like you were saying Maya it it it, it unbalances your hormones right I mean it uh, correct me if I'm wrong but it basically puts your body in a state of permanent fake pregnancy a lot of the times um that's that affects relationships that affects friendships that affects romantic relationships 
you see it. I see it. And you know, what's really cool that I've seen a lot lately is that so many like celebrities, TikTokers who might not necessarily be Christian or Catholic or, you know, conservative or anything are just coming out and saying, Hey guys, I'm getting off birth control because it's messing with my body. It's messing with the way I see men. I don't want this anymore. I don't need this. And so that's something I've noticed just lately, just the past like year, this, this, uh, nuanced sort of, um, seeing birth control as being not healthy, which is literally what it is. I mean, there's so many lists and pages of side effects and seeing that for ourselves and taking that and looking at it and being like, okay, well, maybe I don't need to be on it. So I would say it definitely affects each and every one of us, even if we're not personally on birth control. Um, there's definitely going to be people in your life who are. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I was muted. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, I'm just going to say that I think that <clears throat> abortion, birth control, um, the sexual revolution, sleeping outside of marriage, those things have deeply, um, I would even throw homosexuality in there. They've deeply affected society um, and they've deeply wounded society. And so like my main thing is the abortion topic. Um, but I, you know, can see how all those things have deeply wounded um, our society and God's plan for sex and marriage and family. And so birth control is right up there with everything else I just listed. And it has deeply affected and wounded our society and has messed up God's plan for sex, marriage, and children, our, and family. Um, and so even though I'm not on it, it has affected the society that I live in. And so that in a odd way affects me as well. Um, yeah. And my life is dedicated to fighting abortion, which is deeply rooted in birth control. Um, so yeah, I would say it has, and I'm ready for it and um, abortion to just be poof gone. Yeah. And Hope and I honestly are so happy to just have been on this podcast with you guys, because like we said, this is not something that is talked about. This is not something that we spend the majority of our time talking about at all. Like I probably spend less than 1% of my time talking about it or researching it. And that's probably something that needs to change. So um, yeah, I mean, the, you guys are both so knowledgeable about this. And we, we definitely encourage people. Um, Well, obviously, this is on your podcast, but we encourage people to continue to listening to your podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like, like, we just we want to do the research for everyone, right? And we right. just want people to be able to listen and have good conversations and tell stories about it so that they can empower their women, their women friends and anyone else to just choose the right option for their bodies with truth, right? Um, with truth on their side. So Cassidy, would you like to end this off today? Yeah. Well, thank you, Savannah and Hope, both of you for joining us. It's been such a blessing getting to talk with you guys, both on your podcast and have you guys come and join ours. What a fun conversation. You ladies are both so fantastic. I want to thank you so much for, to both of you for your pro-life work because pro-life work is really hard and it's challenging. And I'm blessed and encouraged by your endurance and the way you guys are investing in your local communities and even at a national level to end abortion. So thank both of you. And is there anything either of you'd like to say to end off? We're all in it together. I mean, it's, it's honestly kind of beautiful. I think it, um, most people probably don't know this, but we're recording this episode at 11 p.m. for me <laughs> on a weekday night. And this is uh, for women who are trying to end abortion in America. So um, anyway, that's all I got to say. <laughs> 
pretty cool. Yeah, no, thank you. And, and, you know, I definitely, you know, I hope we do a follow-up episode, you know, a little later down the line and maybe talk more For about sure. the specifics about our cycles and things like that. Cause I'd be really interested in learning more about that. So yeah. yeah, thank you guys for joining us on ours. Thank you for letting us join you on yours and et cetera, et cetera, working together, creating community and uniting on a, you know, on a good front. Yeah. Thanks guys for joining us. And thank you to each of our listeners for tuning in. Um, We're glad that you were able to join us and take a moment to look up the Classy Chicks podcast too. I'm so glad they could come and join us. They've got their own show and you should definitely check it out.